and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, this episode of the Electric Podcast is sponsored by Electrify America, the largest public fast charging network in the U.S. We're going to have a little bit more to say about them later on, but thanks for sponsoring the show. And uh, this week, we're going to take the little different approach because there was a lot of um, electric vehicle news on related to Tesla. So we're going to jump into that first because we have some big stories to do there and then a few Tesla stories at the end. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to keep a quick eye on the Tesla um, delivery numbers that might actually be released like right now. Like it's uh, they could have released them uh, this morning, but they didn't. And since the market just closed a minute ago, they might do that now, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm just. So if anybody out there sees the, the, the Tesla numbers, put it in yeah, the comments. Put it in the comment, and we'll, we'll, that'll maybe be the we'll easiest take a, way. We'll take a small hiatus and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and discuss them while I finish my article about them. But for now, uh, we're going to start with something that we teased last week, but unfortunately, said you weren't able to talk about it due to an embargo. But uh, you uh, got your butt in the Rivian R1T, uh, one of the first person to outside of Rivian to try the uh, electric pickup truck. What did you think? Well, first of all, thanks to you uh, uh, for not being able to travel into the u.s so I, I, <laughs> thanks I, to the covid laws about going to europe if you're not american thank you covid i appreciate mm-hmm. that uh but uh you know rivian obviously is something we all care about uh at electric it's a kind of like the tesla but a you know a decade later and mm-hmm. and focused on uh suvs and trucks um so you know it was great like uh rj scringe the uh I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but um, the CEO was there um, with his family and we had some like really good face-to-face time. Um, He's really like obviously a very smart guy, a PhD from MIT. Um, I think he's like in his like probably early thirties. Oh, I don't know about, like, I mean, you started Rivian like a decade ago. So right. More than Uh, a decade ago. Probably. So probably, he, he's just quite young. He's younger than me, mm. which, you know, like, I'm like, hey, hey, you know, like, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. He's just, uh, you know, a, a impressive person, uh, talks like pretty normally to, you know, journalists and, and mm. his employees have a lot of respect for him. It's a mm. very open dialogue thing. Um, not too pretentious. Like it kind of feels like they're really all about the product and the camaraderie mm. and everything. So, Good, good uh, scene there. And so they put us up in um, like a, a hotel near Tellu- uh, sorry, um, Breckenridge, Colorado. So two hours outside of uh, Denver. Uh, we we uh, got a ride from the airport um, in the R1T, which is the, uh, the pickup. Um, I, w- I was sitting with um, Snazzy Labs, one of the uh, a YouTuber that we've, we've liked for a long time. And... Um, you know, we, we drove from the airport and, you know, from the airport uh, to the place, two hours, you get like some pretty good seat time there. We weren't like actually allowed to drive it yet, but that gave us a lot of time to play with like the center display, like, you know, look all around up and down and everything. Okay. So you were sitting in front for that, right? I was sitting in front. Yeah. So the first thing that stuck out to me was like, this is not a prototype. This is not a uh, startup kind of vehicle. It felt like 
you know, a truck from Ford or, you know, VW or whatever. It's like a really solid, well put together thing. There were some small things like the, the windshield wiper on my side, or sorry, the, uh, the, uh, window, uh, would stop rolling up like almost all the way. Um, and you know, that's just like one of those uh, bugs or whatever. Um, but you know, that was something. And then the big problem I had, uh, was like the center display. Uh, it, it was a little slow, like you would tap on a map and drag and it would be like a second and then it would go, but you know, VW has this problem and probably worse and on a smaller display. Hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like all this kind of stuff is, is very fixable things. Like the big stuff, like the design of it looks really cool. Um, so, you know, uh, two hours driving, uh, the, uh, EV range prediction, you know, it gets 314 miles, but they, they had the, the off-road tires on it. So I think it was Mm -hmm. predicting like, I think we had like 270, it wasn't full at the airport. And then, you know, we, we drove, uh, you know, around a hundred miles. And when we got there, it was very like on, you know, 170. Yeah. So the, the range estimate was pretty good. Um, so we had like the powwow with uh, RJ and, and uh, a lot of the upper uh, management engineers, very engineer focused place. You know, you go to a GM event and it's, you know, people in suits and they don't have any idea about the vehicle that you're talking about. They're just like, you know, we, we were brought here for an event and we've, you know, we come from an outsource company or whatever. But to so, be fair, they do have sometimes engineer there, but what happens to your point is like, like you, you show up, they have a dinner that they organize, like they did probably with Rivian there. And then uh, we try to fight to get their seat next to the engineer. So we, we don't have to talk about marketing all night. Right. Like they talk about the tech behind those cars. Right. So there were no marketing people there. As far as I know, there, I mean, maybe there was, it was all engineers, all, all like really smart people, all dedicated to the EV cause, excited about the prospects, um, excited to show us the vehicles. So it's hard not to get like, you know, a little bit fanboy about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so go to sleep that night, uh, wake up seven 30 in the morning. We get in a big circle. They tell us like, Hey, this is a real test drive. This is no, no BS. Mm -hmm. We're going to go up this, this mountain. I think it's called the Weber Mm -hmm. pass or something. And we were at 9,000 feet that day, um, you know, at the hotel and mm-hmm. we we're going up to like 12,000 and something hundred feet, which is pretty high. Uh, mm-hmm. in the group before us, two journalists had gotten altitude sickness. One almost needed an airlift. So wow. they're like, you need to drink a, a lot of water. You mm-hmm. need to like breathe heavily. Uh, you know, if you're exerting yourself, like don't, don't like hold your breath for too long. So, um, we got in the vehicles. I, I was driving first. Um, there was another journalist with me. Um, and we just got on this trail and just started going up and up and up and up the mountain. And it was a narrow trail. Mm-hmm. It was like full of huge boulders, like pointy rocks. Um, there was one, I think one or two flat tires. Um, it was just like so different than any other press drive I've ever been on. It was, it, you know, it was a big deal. Like it was a, a real test of a, a vehicle and, and no other vehicles, like production vehicles were on that trail. It was all like, mm-hmm. you know, heavily modded uh, Toyota 4Runners mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a raised up uh, Land Rover or something kind of nuts. So I think they were 
pretty surprised to see like a chain of electric trucks uh, with like, you know, with uh, stock suspension going up this hill. Mm -hmm. Made it up fine. It's like fantastic to drive. Um, it's, you know, as, as anybody who owns an electric vehicle knows, it's, it's so much easier, uh, one pedal driving up the, uh, up the hill, uh, or the mountain, uh, makes it super easy going over those rocks. It's, it just makes everything so easy and it's quiet. So you're not like, you know, you, you can actually hear nature and all the good things like, you know, probably five minutes into it. I was like, this is the best truck I've ever been in by far. Mm -hmm. And, uh. You know, after, so we, we did that, they cooked on the camp kitchen. So the camp kitchen is this thing that you slide out of that bay that's in the side of the pickup. Um, and they cooked us, you know, like a meal in a super picturesque place. Um, they, uh, you know, like you can't really cook that much. So they had some, you know, packed stuff or whatever. And then, uh, we went down the mountain and then got onto some mountain roads. So this is like the other end of the spectrum. So you, you switch into, you know, you're in rock climb mode when you're going up and down, you switch into sport mode and you know, the, the thing goes down seven, around seven inches, maybe even more eight inches. And now you're kind of a, a sports car, um, with, you know, huge tires, obviously, and zero to 60 in, in three seconds. So no slouch at all. Like, faster than most, you know, mo mo most, even most electric cars, like, uh, just like a, kind of a rocket. And they did a lot of work with the suspension to make it, um, feel really good on streets. So that was good as well. Um, I insisted that we go to a, uh, electrify America station where they were charging at night anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, just so I could see what the charge was like. Um, I think there's a picture on there somewhere like there's, I'll get there. to it. Yeah, it's uh it charged I think at 145 uh kilowatts, but that was at 50% and uh they had showed me a video earlier of them charging at like 10% and they were getting up to I think 220 kilowatts. Mm -hmm. Um so the thing charges fast from a kilowatt standpoint, but you have to remember that's a 135 kilowatt hour battery. So even if you're throwing a lot of kilowatts in there at one time, you've got a lot to fill up. Um, it's you know basically a double the size of a you know for instance a long range, a Model Y battery. So you know if a Model Y battery charges at a hundred to go you know half half the tank, you have to go two hundred to get at the same speed. So that you know that's something to consider, but. You know, it's a truck. It's got huge wheels. Yeah, 144. I think it went up to 145 there. Um, was that it 50%? Yeah, 50% there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just impressing me left and right, up and down. Everything was awesome. Uh, it, it was doing, like, crazy acrobatic gymnastic stuff on the hills. It's got so many Easter eggs in it, like, from front to back. and. That's kind of one of the things I, I initially fell in love with Tesla for. Like the Model S had so many mm -hmm. cool little things like the rear facing seat um, in the back and like obviously the screen and all the doohickeys on there. This, you know, Rivian did a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's called the gear, what is it? The gear, gear tunnel. Gear tunnel, which like it seems kind of gimmicky, but like it's pretty cool that you can, you know, throw a surfboard or whatever in there or a person if you, you know, if you're high hijacking somebody 
Um, yeah, I mean, if you have a pickup, like a bed, an open bed, you, you want some closed storage too. And uh, you have a giant trunk, a front trunk in, in there yeah. too. So that that's probably your, your go-to uh, enclosed weather-protected storage. But uh, the cargo tunnel is definitely like for longer things too. It's uh, super useful if you want to put some things that you don't want to be up into the environment with the, the bed. Yeah. And, and there's also below the uh, rear seat, there's also like a ton of space. Mm. So, and then if you don't opt for a, you know, if you're not doing this kind of stuff we were doing, maybe you don't need a uh, uh, spare tire. There's a ton of space under there that's lockable. And then, um, you know, it's not the biggest bed. I think, I think you mentioned in one of your previous stories on it, that the bed is 5.5, uh, I think. Yeah. Um, obviously not the best, mm -hmm. uh, the longest, but I think they've, you know, they figured, you know, that hits kind of a sweet spot in, in terms of, you know, you know, not great for plywood, but good for, you know, a motorcycle or something. What am I looking uh, at here? Oh yeah. So that is, uh, <laughs> kind of weird. Uh, inside the, uh, the, uh, center, uh, uh, between the seats, there's a speaker. And uh, it's loud and sounds really good. And uh, it's Bluetooth and you can just take it out. And in addition to being a speaker, it's a really bright light. So you mm -hmm. always have a Bluetooth speaker with light with you. And it's always charging. Um, another thing is like in this driver's side door, there's just a flashlight. Um, it's, just, it's just always there. And if you ever need a flashlight, boom, there's your flashlight. And what's kind of cool about this is like there's 770, so 7,776 batteries in the uh pack the the rivian uh battery cells uh, battery cells yeah um and it, they're actually um they're not 18650s they're the 21 they're the 70. same kind as the model y model 3 2120s 2170 uh, 2170 that's right so um the the 7777th cell is the one in that flashlight <laughs> i mean it's just quirky so, Am I looking at the key here? Yeah, that's a key. There's also a wristband fob that seems like a good idea initially, but like, you know, you then lose you have it to or, wear a wristband. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's just a neat thing. Um, I'm sure most people use the key or the app or, you know, you can do all the things. You can go fully keyless with the app. Just, just yeah. Use the app. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. I think you kind of have to have that nowadays. Um, it does have a rear screen, kind of like the uh, Tesla uh, plaid, um, but you can't play video games on it. It's mostly just for uh, like the air conditioning and heating of the rear seats. Mm -hmm. So th th those people can control it themselves. Um, they, the engineers did say something about, Oh, we could update it with something, but you know, I don't think pretty it's pretty small random. though. I think it's smaller than the, the one in Tesla. Is it? Yeah. And I don't think it's got like any kind of graphics cards in there. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just like front to back, really cool stuff. I'm trying to think of what else uh, that, that, uh, center console is very deep and a whole lots of stuff. There's in the back of both seats, there's like a, a hanger that you're looking at now. Can you push that in or is it always like that? It's always like that, but um, right above it's a USB-C slot. Oh, so yeah. Charger. Right. So it's wow. like there's, I don't know, like eight USB-C things all over the car. It's just it's just decked out with, with stuff. And it also, I think they did a really good job with the design. It's both rugged and kind of sparse, and and but also kind of luxurious with the wood grain stuff. Um, it, you know, it just felt like way better than you know a, a stock car. What a stock Ford's going to be, or mm. or you know, like a a Model Y is a, you know a little bit on the 
Spartan side. So I don't know, like, you know, whatever I say is not going to really matter, but I made a, you know, a purchase of one. So that shows you like how I really feel about it. Um, I, I got the SUV one because, um, you know, we go to Vermont with the dog and can't have a dog in the, the back probably. Uh, so, um, yeah, that camp kitchen was super cool. Like I, I would probably never buy that because I don't think I would camp out enough to like warrant it. But if mm-hmm. you're the type of person who goes camping, like that is just like pornography because <laughs> it's just, you know, you, you're cooking like full meals right, right there in the back. Keep, keep in mind though, that, uh, Unlike pornography, which is mostly free these days, these things are not free. <laughs> no, five thousand uh, dollars right there. Yeah, if you like, uh, we can talk about pricing now. But uh, the, 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 it, it's probably like fairly priced because, like, like you just explained, it's a luxurious vehicle that just happens to also be an off-road machine for um, uh, that that is also electric, but. Uh, the price is is fair for that, but then if you start like decking it out with the, all the options that we're talking about, it it goes up pretty quick, right? Yeah. Um, did, I mean, did you did you already configure your for the? Yeah, SUV? mine's gonna be, end up being like seventy seven, whatever, which is not that bad when you think about like, all right, you're gonna get like in New York, you're gonna get hopefully ten thousand dollars back mm-hmm. um, in incentives, and then you know you're gonna save tons of money on gas, and you know it all of a sudden starts to make you know get close to 50,000, which makes, you know, what, what you're going to pay anyway. Um, I also like, I really appreciate the size, like, yeah, trucks have been getting like absurdly big over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, this one isn't absurdly big. I think it would actually fit in our garage. Uh, although I have to probably measure it. Um, and you know, you would have to bring the wheels down, but, uh, it also didn't feel like unwieldy on the road where I, I remember when I was driving the uh, F-150 uh, Lightning, uh, it felt like I was driving a like, you know, cement truck or something. It just felt so big, so wide. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at your passenger and they're like not even with an arm's reach or whatever. I mean, some so, people like that too. It's just, oh, yeah. like you said, it, it's there's there's not much like it. Like You go in the market, like Ford just released their um, – Maverick. Maverick. Yeah. I don't know how it compares in terms of size to to this. I I would assume the Maverick is smaller than the R1T, though. Yeah, it's this sits right between the Maverick and the yeah, F150. So it's a it's an interesting size. I mean, it's unique on the market right now. So I don't think it's going to have any issues uh, selling. But brace yourself if you want the full decked out version, the performance version, anything like that. You uh, uh, you're gonna have to pay the price. I don't know if we can. Uh, do we have? I didn't see any pricing in your. Oh yeah, so uh, Greg in the comments is saying, "How did I configure mine?" I got like the uh, it's like the adventure package. I got the blue. Um, I was I was kind of conflicted. I like the green and the blue. I actually kind of like the yellow too, but that was going to be too much. But uh, RJ got the uh, blue, and I was like, "Hmm, this guy's been looking at these things for like <laughs> you know five years now." So. He, Maybe I should just go with what the, uh, the CEO is thinking. So I got blue, and actually the the guy Snazzy Labs uh, uh, YouTube channel guy uh, got a blue one as well. So it, it like I wonder if they're breaking breaking even on these press drives because like all the press people are are ending up buying these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
if you were a Rivian dealership and you were trying to uh, bring people on test drive, you should probably just uh, just do exactly what they just did, yeah. and uh, you'll make a you'll make a killing. Uh, all right, so the cheapest version is the Explore package, and we're talking about the R one T now, the mm-hmm. the pickup truck, uh, starting at sixty seven five hundred. But uh, that one is coming next year, early next year. So the one that they're saying like right now, the launch edition, uh, which is I think sold out anyway, so you won't, you won't even be able to buy it. it start at seventy three thousand. Comes with a few goodies, but basically the same truck, which is the one that you just talked about, the adventure package, is going to start at the same price. So there's no uh, that's good on Rivian not to like um, overprice for the early adopters, and that is the same price. So you, on on top of it, you actually get like more out of it. Um, I think it comes already with like the bigger tires, uh, all-terrain tires, 20-inch or 22 sports wheel. Uh, the upgrade is included. You have a special color option, uh, integer badging. No, I mean, you have a lot of it. Oh, that's, uh, that's nice. Yeah, it was a great car. Uh, I still like it's. Oh, I'm a week out from the experience, and I was like, hmm, that was nice. That was fun. Kind of want to do that some more. <laughs> I mean, we we haven't been in one of those in a while too because of COVID. That was like kind of the first like test drive that we had, uh, full on uh, press drive they call it, in a long time. But at the same time, Lucid was also doing its uh, its own launch, and uh, they brought our colleague Scooter to uh, uh, to their plant in uh, Arizona, where they officially started the production of the uh, Dream Editions of the Air. So this is um, much like uh, we discussed that for Rivian just last month. The timing is interesting because Rivian and Lucid have always been seen as like the two main um, vehicle startup, the two most likely to succeed, if you will. And they basically started production almost at the same time. Uh, of course, Rivian with uh, an electric pickup truck and Lucid with what is basically going to be one of the like the top performance sedan on the market competing with the mall s um at least at least beating it on range uh, maybe not on all the performance specs and it's also a bit of a smaller sedan but with uh, a luxurious interior a little bit bigger interior and um i mean more luxurious that that always depends on your opinion if you ask me but yeah, uh, the uh, the officially started production, and they the, the already con- they confirmed at the same time they have thirteen thousand reservation for for the air right now, which is significant because the car is not cheap too. Um, speaking of, I don't have the price here. We need to start putting the prices on the articles because <laughs> that's always the main question people always ask us. But uh, scooter also had the test drive in it that you can. Um, you can check out. He just posted it today on the website, so you can check out right now. Uh, he was uh, very satisfied by it. He, he liked it a lot. I don't know if like you placed an order for it, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, as close as it gets to uh, a thousand, thumbs up. A thousand horsepower luxury sedan. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, trying to find the price here. It's crazy how the trunk opens. Yeah, it's pretty pretty large trunk. Like they really managed to find a way to. Well, I mean, not the trunk was going to be large anyway, but uh, the opening they really find a found a way to like make it like a large opening, so that's easy to as as good as it gets without being uh, edgeback, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a pretty appealing car. I I, I want to see how like the first production ones, you know, go get off the line and stuff. The back seat, I was a bit disappointed compared to what they had shown before. Like the update to the car, the back seat definitely got a significant downgrade. But at least now it's a three seater in the back. Hmm. 
so you you do get that but if you remember like i don't know if you put a pic i don't think you put a picture of it but uh the previous version of the lucid before the update uh had a like super super back seat i can't remember like i remember one of them but i thought it was like the faraday future backseat that was super duper luxurious well yeah they, they, they were similar back then but uh, i think faraday is sticking with their more luxurious version i mean they're basically like trying to be the rural source of electric vehicle right now right um lucid is trying to uh address a different market really uh, and i wish i would be able to tell you what price no well that's wild i think i want to say 169 the dream edition like the because it's it's fully equipped version it's the one that comes with over 500 miles of range uh depending on the the wheel size that you choose but uh, beautiful beautiful vehicle i mean look at this here uh the interior a lot of people that are like not only scooter but a bunch of, of people or uh, that got to uh, see the car in person the, the first production cars those are production cars that uh, are, are going to start being delivered later this month to customers they um the interior feels like extremely premium like something that you'd be uh, uh, the way the way i've seen people describe it and the way i think it looks like from, from the pictures it's uh it's like a mix of tesla's minimalist approach to interior design while still trying to go luxurious like the the german um, luxury vehicle like a Audi and a bmw or mercedes uh, what you're used to here so a more like screen sh- screen um Touchscreen approach, but with uh, still a luxurious feel to it. So it's both minimalist and uh, also has luxurious features to it. Yeah, you have the same thing as the Rivian in the back here. The I don't know what the not sure what's happening here, but I'm a fan. I can't wait to uh, get the proper test drive in it. Yeah, it looks really nice. And I mean, I have my disagreement with needing 500 miles of range, but what I can say for sure, though, is that I'm glad that there is such a car that exists out there because for the people, at least as a psychological barrier, people right. that say that uh, you, like, ah, you cannot get, you cannot drive 500 miles on that car, you, you can in this one. Uh, of course, you probably won't do it <laughs> anyway, but yeah. you can. Um, maybe for people that like, uh, don't have like a, a garage or a place to park and charge overnight that it can be useful. You just have to go like every two weeks, basically go charge at the public charging station. But let's be honest, if you have a $160,000 car, you probably have a parking spot to, uh, to park it and charge it overnight. I'm just guessing. I don't know your situation. Let me go back here. All right. Now we'll talk about Ford because um, they had a massive announcement this week, like very significant announcement where the, uh, they basically announced four new factories. If I understand the announcement correctly, like it took me a minute to like just digest the announcement because it's, uh, it's significant. It, the, it's called Blue of All City, which is going to be in Tennessee, uh, more specifically in Stant- Stanton, Tennessee. And it's going to be, Blue of All City is going to be just a massive electric vehicle factory, specifically electric pickup truck, specifically the next gen F1, not, not just F150, they, they live that open, the next gen F uh, series electric pickup truck. So 
the probably the next gen F one fifty Lightning, but also other F one like of course there's like the F two fifty. There's like there's a bunch of other F series pickup trucks, so bigger ones. Um, but yeah, we have this this image here of our well, rendering, I should say, of the of the factory. And at Blue of All City, there's there's gonna be that this giant new electric pickup truck factory, and also a battery gigafactory at the same complex. So two factories, and then separately, there's gonna be what they call the Blue Oval SK Battery Park. This one is gonna be located in Glendale, Kentucky, and it's gonna be a twin battery factory gigafactory really because it's going to be in a gigawatt hour of a capacity so two separate factories as you can see here at the same location and they didn't specify exactly the production capacity of those but they specified the three battery factories because now we're talking about three there's these two wins one and the one that's also at the blue of all city complex in tennessee uh, the three together they plan for 129 gigawatt hour of battery capacity um, when, when they start production and production, well, um, I would assume there's going to be a ramp up, but the, the only the only timeline that they release is a start of production in 2025. Uh, so that's going to be both for the vehicle factory and the battery factories. And um, yeah, so that coincides with the launch of the next gen uh, F-150 Lightning. We've been uh, we've been talking about the production plan for the Lightning. We we've heard that uh, they plan for 15,000 units next year when the pickup launch ramp up to 55,000 units in 2023, 80,000 units in 2024. That, that was the recent announcement of like a, a acceleration of the production plant. But the real volume is going to come for the next gen in 2025, uh, where they're talking about 160,000 units. So in 2025, this this factory here, the Blue of All City, would produce 160,000 units of the F-150 Lightning. But I would also assume that production of other electric pickup truck in the F-Series uh, would uh, would happen at that plant too? Maybe not on the same year, but ar- around that time, you can expect the other launches. So this is um, massive investment from from both, uh, I should say, Ford and uh, SK Innovation. The Korean battery manufacturer uh, is their partner for the batteries here, and the partners for the uh, factories. So it's going to be a, a partnership similar to Tesla and Panasonic, where they they have at the same location. They they are both investing in in battery manufacturing. On location, uh, much like Tesla and Gigafactory, uh, Tesla and Panasonic at Gigafactory Nevada. So Ford, Ford was, uh, if you remember, just a few years ago, if they, they were asked, uh, I think it was the the, the prior uh, CEO, so not uh, Jim Farley, but um, I remember the other guy's name. It was a CEO for a while, and uh, Hackett. Uh, no, Hackett is still at Field. Uh, Ford. Field, you're right. I think it's Field. Field. And uh, it was asked about, uh, so Tesla is doing this whole thing with batteries now, doing their own batteries, partnering with Panasonic with batteries uh, production. And and what, what Ford does still, and then that's what still went back, was what back then was Ford was saying they, was all, they were all in, in, in electric vehicles and everything. But they were like, ah, we don't see any value in getting ourselves involved in battery manufacturing. Uh, so it looks like a uh, 180 on that, on that front. And now they are fully involved with it. Of course, still with, a partner, but also GM did the same thing with LG. So we, we see a clear trend going on on that front. Like automakers are now realizing the value of being as involved as possible in battery production because without battery production, you won't have any volume production of electric, electric vehicles. And that's what they're trying to achieve here. Yeah. I mean, it's not just in the US either, like uh, Mercedes and Volkswagen 
all all have uh, battery partners that they're building on. And it, you know, like obviously Tesla deserves a lot of credit for seeing that early. You know, when you start making cars early, you, you start to see the problems of the, you know, the supply chain and you're like, oh, these guys' batteries aren't, aren't you know, reliable. Like uh, they can't expect to get them when you, when they say they, they, they send them, we need to own this part. So that's where they're at now. Exactly. All right. Do we want to talk a little bit about Electrify America? Yep. So this episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Amer- Electrify America now operates the largest public ultra-fast electric vehicle charging network in the United States. A few updates on that network. Electrify America is now coast-to-coast with more than 650 EV charging stations, with new locations opening every week. It now offers ultra-fast charging stations with speeds up to 150 kilowatts and 350 kilowatts for capable vehicles, allowing you to charge up as fast as possible and get back on the road. EA offers a new monthly subscription plan with contactless payments through its mobile apps, and with it, you can save up to 25% on charging. It also offers plug-in charge for... Uh, vehicles like the uh, the Rivian R1T, which is really nice. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations across the U.S., find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com. Or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes. Thank you, Electrify America. All right, now we're going to switch to Tesla news uh, for this week. And uh, the first one is uh, the end of the quarter delivery wave. Uh, we, we got an email from Elon Musk. Well, I mean, we, we didn't get an email from Elon Musk. Employees got an email from Elon it Musk. Made it, we, it made it to our desk. Somehow. And, uh, he, uh, you know, last month we reported on a call, a company-wide call that he had where he was saying that, that this is going to be the um, – most insane, I think he, he used an ableist word, which was terrible from Elon. The <laughs> uh, most insane month for delivery ever for Tesla, and um, now this translated to the most intense delivery week ever. Uh, la- well, last week up to, up to yesterday, really. Yesterday was the last day of uh, um, of the quarter, and uh, Elon was was warning employees that this is going to be uh, a hardcore delivery wave and might be the last one apparently I'm, i won't bet any money on that but elon is, is saying that uh things should smooth out in the next few uh quarters or um, at least uh, somehow this quarter and the, which is a fourth quarter and then next year starting next year should be easier I, I can start to believe next year once they have some kind of ramp up of production at gigafactory berlin which is going to make a big difference but even even then uh it's only going to make a difference for the Model Y, which to be fair is probably tesla's biggest vehicle right now but uh until they can have some mold three production too i think it's still gonna be a, a little push at the end of the each quarter but yeah f- f- to be fair probably a, a smoother one than what's happening right now uh but yeah so the this the the intensity of this delivery wave this quarter was due to tesla having production issues especially early in the quarter and, and even producing car with missing parts and i think their service team had those parts and that's that's always a logistical nightmare because you need to now not only ship the cars to the delivery centers but ship the parts separately and then you have the service team will already have plenty of work to do uh, to 
uh, service the car before you even deliver the car to the to the customer. So uh, obviously, it pushed a lot of delivery timelines for Tesla and pushed them more towards the end of the quarter, which already has more deliveries than usual because of Tesla's model of um, producing cars for exportation at each factory early in in the quarter to give them time to get to the location to be delivered to the hand customer by the end of the quarter so that there's not too many cars in transit. And um, that obviously results in a ton of deliveries at the end of the quarter. And that makes or break Tesla. We're talking like in the last few weeks, tens of thousands of vehicles to to be delivered. And if they're not delivered, then Tesla is basically left holding the bag here where they spent all that money producing those cars and they don't get a penny, or at least not on paper, until um, the customer takes delivery. So we were expecting that Tesla might uh, release the numbers this morning, but they didn't. Uh, so normally they don't do it while the market is open. So we were expecting that maybe as we discussed at the beginning of the show, they would they would do it. But uh, I've been uh, keeping an eye on it and I didn't see them being released. So right now I would expect, uh, I would expect probably th- tomorrow morning is not impossible. Uh, Tesla, I think Tesla have done that on the weekend in the past. So I'm going to wake up early tomorrow well i have to wake up early anyway tomorrow but i'll i'll, I'll keep an eye on that and you can be not, sure not to ruin your evening but tesla could release it at any time like from uh, now until they release it you're you're technically right but uh if they don't release it uh let's say by the end of the hour here right now i would expect them to be tomorrow morning i mean i'm gonna keep an eye on anyway but uh, for most people right now, I would expect tomorrow morning, or if and if not tomorrow morning, then I think it's gonna wait until Monday before the markets open on Monday. Uh, but yeah, the uh, average expectation from Wall Street right now is two hundred and twenty-two thousand units, which is, uh, in my opinion, kind of high. It's uh, high expectations for Tesla because uh, again, what we just discussed, there's production limitations, so they are assuming that. Not only Tesla managed to completely work through those complications, but they ramp up production this quarter, which looks like is the case in China for sure. Uh, but then bringing those to Europe and delivering them to Europe, and then at the last minute uh, in China. So the, the one of the big difference is going to be the local production delivering them to China this last month. What happened in the last few weeks of uh, of last month? Um, we we're gonna get those data anyway from the Chinese market in um, the next week or two, but for sure Tesla's gonna release their numbers before that. So we're gonna keep an eye on that instead. All right. So the next the other big story from Tesla this week has been uh, the FSD beta. So the following of the wider release of the FSD beta, what happened last week, right after the podcast, Tesla released their update, uh, well, 10.1 version to the early access um, owners. But there was also supposed to be this download button, which uh, has changed into the request button, they're calling it now. And that comes with the safety score, the new safety score thing. Which I think said you had uh, some experience with already right now. You did uh, you did test it out. Oh, you even put it on right down the podcast. Oh, you got it up a little bit. Eighty seven. You were at uh, eighty two, I think. Uh, yeah, this week, right? Been driving really, really carefully. I actually, <laughs> yeah. had to. Uh, I went to meet uh, Blair from Nine to Five Toys for lunch, and you know, way down in Terrytown, I was like, can't take the the white car. I got to take the black car because, uh, like, I'm going to drive fast and irresponsibly. <laughs> to get there on time and then, you know, get back in a reasonable amount of time. 
So yeah, that car is like the slow car for like casual things at this point. And yeah, we're up you, to 87. you noted in your article about it that uh, like slow Tesla everywhere. <laughs> like you yeah. see a lot of Tesla driving slowly. Well, right it's now. just funny when I was trying to get my score down, I saw another Tesla driving slow, and I was like, I wonder if that guy is doing the same thing I'm doing. <laughs> I was gonna yes. ask him, but so for people that are. And I'll up to date on the safety score. It's basically the same thing that we reported before with the Tesla insurance. They're using the same data, including uh, uh, autopilot disengagement, force disengagement from not listening to the um, warnings to put your hands on the, not to put your hands on the wheel, but to actually apply torque to the wheel. And uh, things like uh, forward collision warnings, which have been an issue for a lot of people. I know for yourself, it has been because of your driveway. You right. get some false negative, which a lot of people get false negative on, on, on those. So you really have to try to avoid those situations as best as you can because that will negatively affect your score. And what we learned this week is uh, how Tesla actually plans to roll that out using the safety score, roll out the request, uh, the download of the FSD beta. So starting um, next Friday... Tesla's going to release the 10.2 uh, to the early access program and to a wider release of the FSD beta, starting with around a thousand new owners per day based on your safety score. So the way Elon said it is that it's going to be like the first day, the first few days, people that have a hundred percent, hundred of a hundred, and then after that, go down to the 99 on a hundred, and then 98 hundred with about a thousand per day. So it's it's hard to tell how long it would take to get to you, for example, at 87 uh, right now because uh, we, we we just don't know how many people are bought the um, the FSD in the it's US. But I would, five years away. <laughs> I the take we know that the take rate that we got some data from the take rate uh, the take rate of the FSD package a few weeks ago and it's not that high. So uh, I mean it's definitely in the tens of thousands in the US. I would assume uh, that I have them at this point, but. Uh, uh, so, so even for the worst cars, it, it should be achievable in, in, in a month or two, I, w- I would guess. Uh, also, I wouldn't be surprised if Tesla like ramps up. I'm not actually, I would be surprised if they do because the whole thing is like taking as slow as possible for the, right. for the release. So they, I don't think they're going to ramp that up, especially as you go down, you go with the supposedly not as safe drivers. But as, as we learn, it's not uh, as simple as that because there's plenty of false negative apparent, uh, that, that is, uh, brings people's core down i mean i think the first after your first drive you were like 70 percent or something that you that yeah, you had like that. and and you were driving trying to drive as uh, as safely as possible but you got a few uh, forward collision warning in your driveway like yeah it was it was like everything that possibly could go wrong did go wrong <laughs> and then there was like i was on autopilot and i had to disengage because uh there was like a you know, one of those cleaners in the left lane of the road. So like the the autopilot wasn't disengaging and I was like, Oh crap. So I slammed on the brakes and I was like, crap, that's going to kill me. <laughs> well, yeah. And the braking too is also uh, forceful braking. It, it gets you some points off too. Yeah. Something to keep in mind. All right. The, so the other big story this week that was related to the FSD was the release of the NDA that uh, Tesla has made the beta tester in the early access program sign. So there's been a lot of confusion about this NDA and uh, kind of the story kind of emerged of uh, Galileo Russell, who's a Tesla investor and uh, he's kind of like the uh, spokesperson for the retail investors at Tesla. Or at least he was a little while since uh, Tesla put him on the 
earnings call and everything. But since then, they move on to the say uh, technology software. Uh, but he's still a prominent uh, Tesla retail investor and also happens to be in the full self-driving beta program with their early access. And last week, he, he said in one of his videos that, uh, I mean, if I'm quoting here, Tesla doesn't want us sharing all the clips from, from the videos, just like when it looks good because they know people take it out of context. So this was a strange comment from him, I think, because he, he was kind of attributing to Tesla that Tesla was was telling people not to share the video that doesn't make them look good. I, I to be honest, like he said that while he was driving on the video, so I give them the I give him sorry the benefit benefit of the doubt, and I reached out to him like make, to clarify his comment and everything. He didn't answer, so I, we have to take his comment from what it is since he he didn't elaborate on them. But then what happened is that uh, Vice uh, got a hand on. Um, on the actual NDA that uh, people in the early access sign to get the FSD beta. And uh, there's some language in there that uh, uh, kind of match what, what uh, Galileo was saying here, uh, which the actual language that they use is that uh, the NDA says, do remember that there are a lot of people that want Tesla to fail. Don't let them mischaracterize your feedback in media posts. And then it, it goes to say that to share those media posts selectively. Uh, so they don't they don't go as far as select the ones that are look good for Tesla, but the simple fact that the language is in there, uh, you, you you can add one and one together. And what they're saying basically is don't give any ammunition to the tes- the people that are trying to get Tesla to uh, fail. But obviously, it's problematic because you're 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 saying that to people that are that are, are the only one right now giving a public look into the FSD beta because Tesla is not really doing that. Um, so we have to rely on those people and those people are clearly being um, self, they're being encouraged by Tesla to censor themselves. And Tesla is not censoring them, it looks like. So uh, to, to be clear, so it's not like Tesla is asking them to take down videos or anything like that, but the language and then what just, so just based on what Galileo said too, it looks like it's being interpreted by at least some FSD beta tester that the, uh, to, to some sort themselves to not make Tesla look bad with the FSD. And uh, I mean, we got a good example this week too, because just before when Galileo said that he said that because right before that, um, he shared a video of uh, he does this test run with the FSD in Seattle where there's the monorail and uh, it's it's a very weird way to to bond. It's not that weird, but you can see why it would be weird for a, a computer driving because uh, of the lane markings and the posts for the monorail monorail where you can actually go in between them, but you're not supposed to. Um, anyway, he posted one and the the. He posted a video of it where the, the FSD beta completely failed in, in the video, was doing illegal driving maneuvers in there. And uh, another Tesla investor by the name of uh, Tyler Hogan on Twitter shared the, the video or a clip of the video, at least. And all he said is, damn, and sh- shared a clip of the video. But the clip was picked up by a lot of people, was shared on Twitter, and was shared by a lot of Tesla shorts, uh, people that want Tesla to fail for, for to, to, to Tesla's point. But then uh, Galileo went after Hogan, asking him to take down the the, the, the video, the clips that he posted uh, of his own video, and uh, he he went a little bit hard on him with that. He he threatened to call his employer 
uh, if he didn't take down the the, the tweet, which uh, didn't matter much to Hogan because uh, he's, he's his own employer. And apparently he didn't, sh- talking to Hogan, uh, after he let him know that there's no point contacting his employer since he's, he's his own employer, uh, then Galileo kind of went off on him and uh, said that he was worried about Tesla uh, taking away FSD because of uh, his clip being shared and he took down his video and everything like that. So you, you can see that this is a problem of like self-censorship happening right now uh, with with the beta program. Uh, but my personal issue with it too is like what's happening, especially this within the context of the Tesla community uh, having a, a problem with uh, criticism at, at some times, which to be fair, everyone has a problem with criticism, but it gets amplified, I think, with uh, Tesla because it's a polarizing issue. Uh, and for years, the people that want Tesla to fill have been very aggressive too against Tesla. So there's kind of a pushback that is just as aggressive, uh, which is not good. But it, Tesla is kind of associated like, oh, if we do we post you post a clip don't post a clip that can be used by people that want Tesla to fail and that that what the result in is and that's what happened with organ is like you associated people that are going to criticize a, a behavior of the fsd beta as someone who wants Tesla to fail when there's actually could be perfectly reasonable criticism of those of those clips and for organ organ is a great example I, I know a lot of people are calling him uh, a Tesla short in disguise or whatever, but the guy is has been a Tesla shareholders for for, for uh, since the IPO. Uh, he's he, there's literally videos of him online going to uh, earrings in Connecticut because he, he lives there or near there uh, when when Tesla was trying to uh, avoid the direct sell ban there, and he, he's he's campaigning for Tesla there to open up and he's obviously extremely high on electric vehicle and on Tesla itself, but he does criticize some aspect of the FSD, like many of their people, including ourselves, who are big Tesla fans. But uh, uh, sometimes there's approach that we disagree with. And now he got completely attacked by the Tesla super fans over this, even though, all he did is share like a bad clip of FSD saying, damn, like this, 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 this is something. And a lot of people shared his opinion that uh, it, 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 it can be a problem that the uh, Witesler is rolling out FSD. It can also save a lot of lives. I mean, that was the interesting part of the Kara Switcher interview with Elon this week. I don't know if you saw that, that part, Seth, when he, he, he went on. He, he said, when I first embarked into the uh, autonomous driving venture with Tesla, I was told that even if we manage to reduce the debts uh, on uh, the car debts, the car accident debts by 90%, uh, the 10% that do die from self-driving car debt uh, are going to sue you. And the 90% that didn't die won't even know that you saved their lives. <laughs> so I thought that's that a good an, point. Yeah. Oh, it is a good point for sure. Uh, but uh, Elon said that uh, they believe that they cannot let that stop them from doing the right thing, which is saving those ninety percent of people, which is a good point. But and and that's the thing that I want to remind everyone before it always go in the polarizing way. That okay, are you are you? I don't understand. Are you for Tesla? Or are you against Tesla? We all want the same thing. We all want those ninety per, ninety percent of people not to die. 
we just have this agreement on how to get there. We all want the same thing. Like, let's try to keep that in mind. Let's stop assigning intention behind people, what people say. Like Ogan, his intention wasn't to, for Tesla to fail when he, he shared that video. It, it was to point out that, oh, this, this, this is a, a, not a good example of FSD. Uh, this is an example of FSD not working well. And it's it's good to know that. Uh, like I th- I think for Tesla's rollout actually of the wider release of the FS beta, what the most important thing other than actually the technology working, of course, I mean in terms of awareness, the most important thing is for people to know that the technology can fail, and that's why they need to be a hundred percent attentive at all time, and be ready to take control at all time. And this is 100% the most important thing. Like, Tesla's approach is wild. Like, they are literally better testing this full cell driving technology in public, on public roads. They, 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 they found kind of loophole in testing it. Like, you go to any other car company, most or most of their car company, they, they, like, they work with the DMV, they uh, work with the Lolish later to try to, to test their autonomous technology within the laws and everything. Tesla found a loophole. They, they were like, this is not full self-driving. This is FSD, <laughs> whatever. The, this is FSD, full self-driving capability. And it, it. But it's not full self-driving. It's just, it, it hacks like full self-driving, but the driver is always responsible. So he's, he's driving. So we can test it and, uh, with thousands of people on the road and get all the data from it and, and prove it faster like that. Which, I mean, they might be right. It might be like the quickest way to get there and to save those those people that that die from thirty thousand people a year that die from crashes that are mostly due to human errors, um, but there's no doubt that th- this approach could also lead to a lot of issues if people have grow too confident in in the in the software in in the capabilities of it if they grow too confident and they don't stay attentive and everything, and that video from Galileo was actually a great example. I think we need more of those. <laughs> it's it sounds counterintuitive, uh, especially for Tesla fans. But we need more of those. I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I agree. Uh, I kind, I, kind of went on a little rant there. <laughs> no, no, no. I, and I fully agree with that. Um, uh, so I think a lot of people have a problem, and I think I might count myself in this group that Tesla sells full self-driving, like they've been selling it for almost five years. Uh, and that includes people who got like three year leases and, you know, Elon's been talking like since like what, 2017 about like driving cross country, like robo taxis, like all these things. And of course, like the, the you know, tweets are not binding. I don't think, uh, so <laughs> like, yeah, and we all know like by now or, and we should have known by 2017 that like, just because Elon says like the end of the year doesn't mean it's going to happen by the end of the year. So, like, shame on us. And, and frankly, like, the, hey, I'm going to raise the price of full self-driving to, like, $100,000 <laughs> as soon as it works. Like, that kind of stuff uh, gets people, like, all right, well, I better buy it now. Um, so, I get, you know, I guess I'm a little bit upset at myself for, like, like letting myself go down this path. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to try this stuff out. I, I think full self-driving is absolutely the future. You know, I, and I, I don't believe that Tesla's like the only company that's going to get there. I think, you know, Waymo and Cruise and Mercedes are probably going to get there as well. In fact, we were in a car in uh, Germany that, you know, there's a lot of stipulations, but 
they were talking, you know, and, and Mercedes was talking about how um, in level two driving, you can go over the speed limit and you can do all this stuff, but level three driving, which they are, you know, very early stages on and let us try, it can't go over the speed limit because Mercedes is responsible. It's not mm-hmm. that it's not the driver at mm-hmm. level two is the driver. Level three is the car company or the, you know, whoever's making the software. So there's, I mean, there's so many nuances. This is such a, a frontier area. Uh, but I, I don't think, I, th- I think, you know, I think uh, Tesla is being a little bit um, irresponsible with the language and the wording. And they're going to, you know, heavily ear, let's say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously they're trying to sell cars and they're trying to sell mm-hmm. this, you know, $10,000 package. Um, I just don't think, um, you know, they're being as forthcoming mm-hmm. with, especially people like us, you know, we, we, we cover Tesla every day. We know how the company operates. Mm-hmm. We know that just because Elon says it's coming at the end mm-hmm. of 2017 doesn't mean it's coming at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, our expectations should be tempered. Um, even though I let myself believe sometimes, uh, I mean, it's coming from two people here that bought the FSD package. <laughs> right. Right. We both, Fred and I are both, you know, waiting for our FSD. So, yeah. Um, I think, you know, part of, I was a little pissed off on that, um, when I wrote the post about the, uh, uh, the, the score, because I was like, all right, I'm going to drive slow. And like, because of a couple of errors and, you know, I would blame like the Tesla's, uh, autopilot for mm-hmm. some of those errors. Ironically, um, I have a crappy score and I'm not going to have access to it for probably months now. So. And I thought it was coming. Like I thought the button was coming. I thought we we're gonna push the button, and then I would be doing it. And now it's like months away again. Yeah, so you have to temper your expectation for yeah. Tesla FSD. It's 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 consistently letting you down. <laughs> like in, um, I know for for early access owners, it's 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 different too. Like I, every time I I hear from them, like the 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 I don't think they can understand like the frustration of the the people that have bought FSD and. Are waiting for it because like they they are special. They had it for a year now. <laughs> it's literally been a year since the FSD has been released uh, in early access. So they the and and the and it is a, an impressive technology too. So they've been they have their hands on it for a year and it keeps improving and everything. And they're like, "What are you talking about? Why are you being so negative on on it?" Like I've been having this. And like yeah, you from your perspective, I'm sure it, it, it is great on everything, but. Take a step back and understand like how this wider release is going to happen. Who's going to get their hands on it? Uh, how are they going to interpret the situation? And um, uh, like, I would I would believe that a, I want to believe that a safety score thing is a good approach, and it, it's part of Tesla wanting to be careful about it. But when you look at the practicality of it. People are just gaming the system or trying to game the system, and, and like people who actually get a worse score sometimes have nothing to do with the the, the scores like we just discussed. So it, it, you see some. I don't know if it's disingenuous, disingenuous, not not genuine. What disingenuous? Uh, disingenuous from Tesla, or is just like the they don't know how to do it safer. Like it, it, the wider release is a risky thing, uh, no matter how you cut it. So. I don't know which way it is, but it, it, is, it is a fascinating thing to report on. I, I just wish people uh, would have a more level-headed approach to it because, again, we all want the same thing. We want 
all want people not to die in crashes. And I think the full self-driving capability is going to help achieve that. Uh, we just disagree how to get there. That's also, nice. I think we all want to like go to sleep in the back of our car while we're getting taken to Vermont. Like, oh, that, that, yeah. I mean, you, you, you cannot th- say that too much because it, obviously it, it's not as important as life saving. But in terms of, we, we say that, but then if you look actually at the amount of time it's going to give people, yeah, as, a, as humanity as a whole, like once everyone has full self driving compared to everyone not having full self driving, the amount of time that you just gain is, is going to be incredible for humanity in general. So that's insane too. Um, I shouldn't say insane. insane. Wow. Not, not able to... Uh, uh, all right. The Model X, uh, which has kind of been left on the back burner as uh, we focus on the new uh, Model S, but uh, this week at the Fremont factory, there was a few units that were spotted in the delivery lot. Doesn't mean that deliveries are starting now. We don't even have the EPA range on it just yet. Um, but uh, it is a sign that they uh, produced a few units for, for testing maybe or something. And... Um, we're likely to see the delivery starts this quarter. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see the numbers, too, because I want to see where, where we had with the Mall S. So that would give us a good indication, too. If um, Tesla, let's say, delivered, I don't know, uh, six, um, six, seven, um, between six and 10,000 um, Mall S uh, throughout the, the quarter, that would be a good indication that they are going to be ready to add the Mall X to the production and start deliveries, too. Uh, I'm really curious how the Model X is going to do too, because uh, the new the new version, because um, the Model X has been doing fine like, compared to the Model S uh, in in some markets because of just the novelty of it. It's a m- more recent vehicle than the Model S, and it wasn't as much of a need as a refresh as the Model S. But uh, uh, they increased the price a lot too <laughs> with the refresh. Uh, it starts at a hundred thousand dollars for the long range version, so it's it's kind of in a new category now in terms of pricing. So. But uh, Tesla, at the same time this week, they updated the uh, delivery timeline from uh, March, April to um, May, June of 2022. So they pushed it a, a significant amount. Now, is it because they don't plan to have the production ready uh, enough? But by, I mean, not by then. This is just Tesla has already a giant backlog on order on, on this, probably. But did the backlog increase and they had to push that? Or is it a delay that pushed that? Like, we, we, we don't know. Um, but uh, something to note either way. All right, one last thing that we're going to discuss real quick before we jump into the comment because we're already an hour into this podcast. Uh, but uh, if you have a question, and I know there's a bunch already, we're going to get to them. You can put them in the all cap in the comment section below, and now uh, we're going to discuss them in a few seconds because I just want to say that the Tesla CyberQuad is alive. Uh, I posted that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I posted that this week because like we've basically haven't heard anything about the CyberQuad since the launch of the. Uh, Cybertruck in 2019, and it was kind of the one more thing. Like Tesla brought it up on stage, put it in the Cybertruck. Look, it fits perfectly in the Cybertruck. And Cybertruck. And by the way, we're gonna make that electric ATV too. And people are like, "Hey, this is so cool," uh, myself included. But uh, then Elon said, "Yeah, it's gonna be an option for the Cybertruck." But then he, uh, then Tesla hasn't talked about it for like two years, and just now the. Um, uh, the only thing that we saw from it is like this signing, for example, which I think was Battery Day. So there's been a few signing of it, but that, that's that's about it. Uh, but this week, Tesla uh, secured, or not secured, applied for another trademark on the CyberQuad. So they already had the trademark for the CyberQuad. They applied for it when the vehicle was on the reveal. 
uh, back in 2019 for the trademark for vehicles. So now they applied for another trademark for sh- uh, apparel, so to put them on shirts. So now that doesn't seem like a big deal, but to me, I thought it was not worthy enough that Tesla is still doing something about the CyberQuad. So they're still like working on the brand of it because I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that Tesla would start selling shirt for the CyberQuad if they don't plan to have the ATV anymore. So it looks like it's still in Tesla's plans at the very least. Uh, also, the Cybertruck has been delayed to late next year anyway, so it's they still have some time to work on the actually bringing the cyber tr- the cyber quad to market. But uh, they need to get to work on that because this is a kind of completely different like vehicle uh, segment for them, like a small vehicle like that. They're probably gonna have to produce a new motor, a new electric motor, unless they unless they partner with Zero. I know they use a Zero motorcycle powertrain in there, and Zero has been doing deals like that. By the way, they do. Uh, uh, deals with other uh, manufacturer of uh, small personal electric vehicles. All right, let's jump into the comments. All right, uh, first question: Tesla numbers four twenty. Okay. Uh, do you think uh, Cinema and Mansion will stop the EV bill from Jonathan Root? So this is uh, the big drama in Washington right now. Is there's two Democrats that are kind of centrist that don't seem to want to pass the infrastructure bill so i'm, I'm going to get this wrong but there, there's two two bills that they separated one is a smaller one that i think is bipartisan so it should be easy to get through but there's nine progressives in the uh on the democratic party side that won't pass that until mm-hmm. the bigger 3.5 trillion uh, dollar thing passes which is a social investment bill, right? Yeah, and there's a lot. I mean, that's a lot more. And that's where the EV incentive is, right? Right. So, bill. so if these two Democrats can't get, um, if they're if they're not on board with the three point five trillion dollar, which is crazy number, mm-hmm. uh, bill, then the nine progressives won't get on board with the the other. Bills, which the infrastructure is, bill, which includes the chart, the seven billion for charging stations, seven right. billion for buses, and, and things like that. I mean, both both bills have some uh, green energy components, and yeah. I think that's probably why uh, these two are probably getting paid a lot of money not to vote for it. <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, Mansion, like he's from uh, Kentucky, I believe, or West Virginia, or something, and he, you know, he he owns like a coal company, like it's. <laughs> It's like the worst, you know, he's like, well, it's a, in a blind trust, but like those, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the checks that come in, they're not in a blind trust. They're, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's a so blind like, trust, but you know, like, like if you vote for something that's good for coal, it's good for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's like the worst type of uh, corruption and, you know, mansion, like, frankly, it's a, it's a catch 22 because like no Democrat, like it's the most right-leaning area of the world probably uh and um you know mansion's a democrat and he somehow got elected there and has been getting elected for a long time so where, where, like, where do you see is again i think it's west virginia or no. kentucky and i hate to stereotype yeah. those together i'm sure the culture <laughs> there is totally different but uh it's somewhere in the appalachia and i think you're right about virginia i think i've heard virginia. yeah west virginia yeah. um so the problem is, is like you can't primary this guy because like there's no Democrat that's going to ever get that seat except the most right leaning Democrat that ever was, which is him. So, 
you got to get more, you know, got to get more uh, hipsters to move out to Wyoming or something. Because it, <laughs> to like, Wyoming, to, to West Virginia. <laughs> right. <laughs> you keep getting those. <laughs> uh, so the answer is we don't know, Jonathan, unfortunately. Yeah. is uh, We're going to have to have a political expert here. But uh, I would assume that some kind of a uh, bill w- will pass for electric vehicles that just – what form it's going to take it might it might be a little bit uh, less than uh, what we uh what's in the original form that we've seen in the last few months all right frank ruddy says did they mention what the battery warranty is and i'm assuming he's talking about rivian yeah and um they did and i didn't put it in the story but um there's a couple warranties uh, there's comprehensive the cost of all parts and labor necessary for the vacuum media 5 years or 60,000 miles battery pack coverage is 175,000 miles and 70% or more of the battery capacity for eight years or, or that 175,000 miles. That's Drivetrain good. coverage is eight years or 175,000 miles. Corrosion, perforation, body panels are perforated for eight years. So I would say a really good warranty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the charging speed. So we did talk briefly about yeah. that. We I got at 50% at an Electrify America 350 kilowatt charger. Um, 200, sorry, 145. Was that right? 145? Yeah, um, 144. Kilowatts. Uh, I had seen 220 kilowatts, and they said it's eventually going to be, you know, with some software updates, able to go up to 250 kilowatts, which will give you a full charge in about half hour. Uh, you know, not full, but like to 80%. Yeah. All right. Moving southward here. Um. Do you think Tesla might eventually adopt the ISO 15118 standard for plug-in charge in their vehicles and or superchargers? Um, Tesla is a member of the the Charin CCS combo group. Um, it would be nice if they did it at the very at this very moment. It doesn't really make sense because mm-hmm. they all Tesla's charge it Tesla stations mm-hmm. just fine. Um, I guess it would be good now. I, because that doesn't work over Chatamo, and there's no official uh, CCS combo adapter for Teslas yet. So they don't really need to have that yet. But I think when they do, I think Tesla will be one of the first. For to, sure. Like yeah. they, won't, they, won't, like they already have the experience, just not using the same standard. They're going to want to keep that same experience. So Yeah, yeah Tesla I'll, knows how important that experience is. Um, so right now we know Porsche has it. Uh, they got one over uh, software update to the Taycans. Uh, the Mustang Mach E uh, had it from the get go, which was impressive. Mm-hmm. And now we know the Rivian uh, is going to have it, and that's Volkswagen it. working on it too. Volkswagen has promised it via software mm-hmm. update, but like, man, I, I talked to those mm-hmm. guys and I was like, guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah. get that's the number one thing you guys should be working mm-hmm. on software wise. They're like, yeah, we're working. It's you know on the list. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, uh, you you own. Uh, Volkswagen owns uh, America. America. Like you just, it just work, get it done. Give them a contract or something. Like they, they, they were familiar with that software. <laughs> I think yeah, no kidding. And, and Porsche had it, got it done, and they're yeah. also VW. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. just give some, make some calls. Like yeah. there's probably a cubicle down the road. Yeah. All right, uh, Greg says caps lock feels like I'm a crazy person. That's all right, uh, Greg. How did Seth? No, how did, you already, you already answered uh, the configuration. Yeah. 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 Um, I also got the 20 inch wheels and let's see. Yeah. The adventure stuff. I didn't get the, uh, the kitchen. Uh, you can't get a kitchen in the SUV. So 
Uh, moving south, uh, I could see Electric on P Hub now. Okay. Uh, I think we're, we're misusing now the full cap uh, thing. The full cap is supposed to be questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe our next platform will be Twitch. Yeah. Uh, before then, we before we move to Pornhub. Before Pornhub. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Lucid is going after the enormous Bentley market. Well, uh, they're going enormous? after the luxury. I think he's being sarcastic. Okay. Also, the caps lock. Um, does Micah do a podcast to discuss personal transport news? Lots of news on mopeds and scooters. Nobody should. (laughs) That's a great question. We should totally do it. Uh, we keep meaning to do it. It's just like one of those things that keeps falling off the list. Kind of like plug and charge for Volkswagen. (laughs) Uh, we're on it. We're, we're, we're thinking about it. It's going to happen. Like we got so much to talk about. It'd be so much fun. All right. Uh, Seattle Vienna says, will we see true, full, true, full self-driving this decade? Let's see. What time is it? Well, <laughs> we still have plenty of time. Like it. Um, I, in some market, 100% for sure. Now, whether it's going to be like – it's already happening in Geofence area, like in, in Arizona and a few other places. So it depends really on how you see it. But the Tesla approach of like just be full self-driving level 5 um, – looks like to me like i i I think they are getting close to that my my only issue is like there's some like there's some blind spot issues with the way that the current hardware is and uh there's definitely problem and some weather conditions and and things like that like it was gonna work like with all the snows like i I just drive my model three which has the latest like autopilot hardware on it and everything and just when I'm using autopilot, I, I sometimes get alerts like, oh, you have like this camera is partly blocked and everything. And it's just like one piece of snow on it or something like so it's one snowflake. It's uh, th- there's some issues to it. I, I'm not I'm not saying it won't happen, but uh, I feel like there needs to be solution that we aren't we don't we don't see it. All right. I agree. Uh, Luke Miller says, "Did you try Android Auto in your Teslas yet?" Uh, I was supposed to, but I couldn't find an Android phone. <laughs> oh wow, uh, that's uh, that's my problem right I've now. Got a whole uh, shelf full of them over here. Yeah, I need, uh, one, back I need in, one of yours. Back used to have my years. Samsung Fold that. Folded. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, that, that didn't work out. Uh, oh, that was man. the first gen Fold that. Uh, uh, not first gen, second gen. Anyway. Uh, it stopped working. That screen didn't work well. And I got screwed by Samsung because I bought that thing in France. And then there was no way for me to return it whatsoever. They wouldn't take it back. Even though you're supposed to have like a premium service when you buy one of those insanely expensive phones for Samsung, but they find a way to not repair it for me. So I got screwed with that. So I'm not using Android for a while, but I I think I can find one. I think I can borrow like one of my, my brothers or something. Yeah, uh, Ben Schoen from the 95 Google team said he was going to hook me up with it. So uh, I hope to. Have well, it. I can send it to you. I have the. Uh, I have the the, the, the yeah the, the code for it. You can just download it. You know. Yeah, you know well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it until we're going to try it ourselves because we we know that there. I mean, the developer admitted himself that there's uh, some issues with the beta right now, but it's still usable, and then so you can find the use for it. But is it worth the six six or seven bucks it costs right now? I, I don't know. We're gonna have to test it out first. No, no, six or seven bucks yeah. for Android yeah. Auto is, seems yeah. like a pretty good deal if you can if you can make it happen. Yeah. All right, Jack Sando says, "Do you think the R1T Spare would fit into the front? No, it's four cubic feet larger than the real rear bend. Those are big tires, though. 
Yeah. Uh, but just like the gear tunnel, I can't judge the dimensions from the photos. Unloading your gear and firewood on the side of the trail to access your spare sounds almost as bad as having to unload heavier cargo on the side of the highway. That's a great point. That's a uh, annoying place to put a spare. That said, theoretically, it's going to be a pretty rare instance, hopefully, mm. that you need a spare. Maybe if you're like, you know, going off road mm. on, you know, what we did and, and one out of every five or six mm. uh, trucks gets flat, you put the spare somewhere mm. a little bit easier to access. What do you think? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Definitely. All right. Uh, all right. Seriously, do you really think self-driving is possible? Okay. <laughs> of course it is. It's a 60 house progressive bill that will not pass. Do you bipartisan bill without the other bill? All right. Or yeah. crazy. John says, I forgot caps before. Do you know if, and when the Rivians are available in Europe? Um, they have something on their page. Um, I think they're coming. I want to say to the UK or something. Let me, uh, Uh, no matches found on their help pages real quick. So uh, I don't know for sure. I'll probably Google it. Um, and then we have... Rivian confirms 2022 European plans. Oh, cool. I wonder where in Europe uh, Crazy John's from. That sounds like a French name. <laughs> All right. Uh, full self-driving, future self-driving, always in the future. And then our last comment is Ben Pena, Chevy Volts, one of the best hybrids. Why do they seem to get rid of products that are good? Remember the EV1, GM got rid of that, even though they had loyal customers. You know, the Volt was pretty good. It did have a lot of uh, electric miles, which I, I appreciated for a plug-in hybrid. Um, I think they thought that, you know, when you look at what's going on in Norway right now, um, the numbers came out, I think, today. Mm-hmm. Their plug-in hybrids are actually going down because uh, more people are buying electric. I think once you get a full electric car, the, the hybrid thing doesn't really make sense anymore. And I think that's kind of what GM's electric group was thinking. Yeah, I mean, it was always a transitional technology, I think. So right. GM is not thinking that it's going whole electric is going to be the future. So you're not going to waste any time on that technology anymore. But I do agree with Ben that uh, it, it was a good car for, for its time. Uh yeah. yeah. All right. That's it. Yeah. Oh, we have uh, Leonard there that says, uh, any thoughts on the Cyberlander prototypes? Congrats on winning it. Oh, yeah. That's right. About, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any thoughts on it? I thought, like uh, like I said in my winning uh, speech, they had me right on it. Well, by the way, a lot of people are saying that they picked me on it. They did not. I don't. Well, I mean, I have no way to know, to, to, to be honest. But I don't think they picked me. It was uh, based on the number of referrals that you get. And I had more referrals than anyone on it. Like, I think uh, I had like 70,000 points, 70,000 70, entries in that uh in, in that contest, like in the next closest one at like 20 or something. So it makes sense that I, I, I would win. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I wrote in the speech, I think it's the most ambitious Tesla accessory ever. Uh, so does that mean that uh, it's might be too ambitious? Uh, it, it's, it's possible, but I, I don't know the team that well. I mean, maybe they are able to pull it off. I saw the prototype that you're referring to. And uh, it, it looks like some progress, but I mean, we're we're far off of what the original original rendering that they released. That was again, if they can pull that off, it's it's wild. Like this is awesome. It's it's nuts. But 
yeah, I need I need to see a, a lot more progress than this to think that I'm actually gonna get that thing on my Cybertruck. Which I would definitely do it, by the way. I'd, I'd buy a Cybertruck and 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 get that thing. It's it's, it's awesome. Like it's uh, what did the kids the kids call it? That um, glamping, like glamour camping, glamping. I think. I want oh, to yeah, say. glamping. I mean, yeah, glamping. It's it's basically that. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching the show or listening in on your podcast app. If you liked it, please give us a thumbs up or a review. It helps the show much more than you think, and it's 100% free to do. And uh, that's it for this week. I uh, hope you liked the episode because it was a pretty long one, right? Uh, 100 and something, uh, 120. And um, same place, same time next Friday. <laughs>